I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to another Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily, but... It is Friday Night Insight. That means not the regular roulette of co-hosts are by my side tonight. There is no Steph Chase. There's no SP3 and, and his dulcet tones, to be quite frank. And there is no Wonder Kid Louis Dan Gore. But there is the mastermind champion himself. Celebrity edition, of course. Uh, Adam Pearson. How are you, my man? Good evening, good sir. Thank you very much for having me. Thank God it is Friday. I am very well, good sir. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not too bad. Not too bad, my man. I mean, my my work week is not over yet because Billy Joe Saunders and Canelo fight tomorrow. So I have to work through the night. Do you know what? In, in, I think I've said this before. Four of my last five weeks, I've worked through the night on a Saturday, the night shift. And I will be for the next two weeks as well. And twice next weekend because it's WrestleMania after Backlash. So there you have it. Well, the the schedules of a rock star, eh? <laughs> I don't know about that, my friend. I'm a, I'm a tired father, more, I would say. Um, but nonetheless, uh, welcome, Adam, to be in the hot seat alongside me. You were on my list that I made uh, in the early embers of this show when we decided we were going to do this. You were somebody I wanted to get on. Um, delighted that we could make it happen. I thought we would talk to the people a little bit about the news today, but we'll also do a Q&A. I want everyone to have the opportunity to ask Adam and myself anything uh, wrestling related, of course. But if you want to transcend, if you want to ask us something a bit more personal or left field, feel free to do that. I think about half past, I'm going to kick off the Q&A. Until then, if you have something more wrestling related to ask, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Get your ultra chats in. You know what the deal is. Once you do that, the mod mother herself, the almighty mod mother will uh, give us the goods and we'll read them out on the show. So whatever you guys want, we can do. Um, but, uh, but yes, half past q and Hey, I will kick things off, Adam, by letting those who don't know you, these these swines, if if they don't, um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, yourself, I guess, and and your relation to wrestling. Like you are essentially, essentially just a fan, right? No, yeah, I've absolutely been a fan since I was a child. Started watching, like religiously, obsessions, obsessively, whatever lexicon you want to use. 
the Deadly Game tournament was when like jumping in. Okay, this is Ooh. my life now. Ninety-eight kind of rest, wrestling moment. Yeah, just at the start of the McMahon era and Austin Rock, or we had Mankind Rock before that. And then after that, I, I found things like TNA, Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan, the slightly more brutal stuff like Combat Zone Wrestling and, and Backyarding. And I'm, I'm obsessed with the industry. I love how it works. I love good storytelling combined with athleticism and, and a good bit of fan service here and there, and it, it's, it's an amazing industry, and it, and there are, well, of course, there's a real, like, underbelly to the whole thing, but in, in the main, I, I love the little community that wrestling fans have managed to build for themselves. If you walk into the O2 when there's a show on and go, woo, woo! and like people will do it straight back to you. Yeah. And it, it's a wonderful community when it gets it right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for context, in 98 was uh, the Montreal Screwjob was maybe the first thing I recalled. Um, but f- I, was, I would say 98 was like, that's when I really got rolling with wrestling. And I remember when The Rock was getting hot and I was like, that's that's kind of when I fell in love. Um, of course, he then turned heel to, to break my heart as a young child. Um, but it all worked out in the end, I would say, Adam. So yeah, uh, you and I started around the same time, which is pretty cool. Um, have you, have you been to any, you said, you just said you've been to the O2, right? You've been to any events in America? I I haven't. I, I nearly did. I missed it by a day. One of my friends, Josh works at the Staples Center right. and does all, all the transport and stuff. And he's like, oh, I can get you in. And I, I was doing, I was at a film festival at the time. I had something showing there. And I was flying home that same day, and I thought, can I really be that guy that misses this fight because he was watching wrestling? Do I really want to have that conversation with my parents or my girlfriend as to why I'm late home? I probably don't. So, unfortunately, I, I left it. I have done UFC. You should have been bullet. Really? Um, what, what card did you do? I So, I was working on a film in Los Angeles. It was like a Norwegian documentary. And okay. our set producer's girlfriend worked for Dana White. And we got a phone call saying, oh, we've, we've, we've got like four tickets. Who's in? And I was like, hell yeah. And it was McGregor Diaz won. Wow! What a one to go to. You said this so yeah, casually. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I went to a UFC event. That's literally, I think, maybe the fourth highest bought UFC pay-per-view ever. So that that Holly Holm tape fight was like yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, you could tell in that last minute of the last round, you could just see Misha Tate and Abulani's go go oh f this and just just completely throw it out. Wow, I mean I've only done so obviously I covered Fight Island um, for UFC <laughs> earlier this year and I did all the ones at the O2 for the past few years, um, but I actually haven't done one in the states. And get this. I was meant to be going to McGregor Poirier 3 to cover it, right? I went to the second one. They were going to send yeah. me to, to Vegas in July. I am best man at a wedding on that very day. So there will be no Conor McGregor for me. Um, and my God, my friend better appreciate it. I tell you nothing. If, if, I, <laughs> if, I don't, if my speech doesn't get a rapturous applause, I'm just going to storm out. Um, but I do think I am going to go to Joshua Fury in Saudi Arabia. They think it's going to be August 14th now. Um, so I think there, there is a few trips in store, I hope, but anyway, we digress, Adam, uh, the titular news today that we need to get into is basically 
WWE's perceived reaction to AEW's blood and guts match. Now, before we get there, Adam, I want your reaction to blood and guts because we haven't had that yet. Uh, obviously, it's one of those where there were lots and lots of good things to be said about it, but there has right. been quite a focus on some of the negative things to say about it too. So where do you land on AEW blood and guts? I, I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was well executed. There were loads of little clever nods in there. Like Dax going like just out of instinct going for the pin and then realizing, oh, that's not how this works. Um ev everything Sammy Guevara does, I I adore. He just completely gets it. He's a risk taker. We need more risk takers like that in, in wrestling, which brings me to my point, but calculated risk takers. And everyone who's sort of like moaning and up in arms about the ending, I think I think there's there's when, when does kind of barbarism go go too far? And I think naming it blood and guts set the bar quite high to the point where people sort of got in their own heads a lot and and didn't have realistic expectations. Mm. And when uh, the Sammy Guevara and Matt Hardy incident happened. People are like, oh, they should be safer. Where's the safeguarding? How could they do that to Matt Hardy? He's a legend. And then when they take good, very good care of Chris Jericho, people are like, oh, that was rubbish. That was weak. This whole event is now now ruined. Sim in the same way they did with Barbed Wire Deathmatch. And, and Chris Jericho is a 50-year-old man, and I'm glad they protected him. I'm glad they took care of him. I don't know what you wanted from him. Did you want him to be fired out of a cannon into a sandpaper factory? on fire was that the ending you wanted <laughs> um you know like I, I made my feelings pretty clear yesterday i thought it was great for the most part but i would have used different camera angles at different spots um there was nothing wrong with what they did for jericho but i think we've all seen the one on twitter where it's um the angle is further out and it doesn't look as silly like when, when it gets so close and then you can actually see the crash pads and the fact that the metal was you know cardboard I'm not saying I don't want them to do it. I'm just saying don't ruin the illusion per se, right? Um, and I think if you were watching any major movie or show, and this is what it is, entertainment, and you were watching a big action sequence and you could you know, easily see where the stunt double lands or something, it would take you out of it a little bit, right? So I, I don't think that's a, that's a bad criticism to aim at them. I still think the action was great. Um, I, I think they're still learning lessons all the time in that regard. But um, it's just it's just unfortunate that you know people are hung up on that part of it because it is just a it's basically just a mistake. They didn't you know it's not as if they were looking for that to happen or trying to to give the goose away or anything like that. It was just mm -hmm. some it was just something where they they probably didn't even expect the crash pads to come up. I don't know. I'm very sincere. I, I don't know if Jericho practiced the bump beforehand or not, but. I guess we'll all figure out in, in due time. I, I just feel like there was a lot to love about the match. And same as the barbed wire match. Everything was amazing about the barbed wire death match until that little poof at the end, right? So I get it that people kind of focus on that. And the finish of a wrestling match is important. Um, but to me, like, I didn't come away from Blood and Guts disappointed as a result. No, me, me either. And, and the thing with that bump is, falling from that height onto that specific area... That there are just just on a pure level of, of physics, there are so many variables to consider. You can practice it till you're blue in the face, but it's going to happen different every time. That's just how a human body landing on cardboard works. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's um, get into what the titular news actually is. Apparently, now this is a report from Ringside News, which I don't know if I would have run anyway, but I guess we'll get the BSometer out for this one. Now, apparently, Ringside News have said several people in WWE thought the match was bad for the pro wrestling industry. According to the report, several people backstage in WWE thought the match was barbaric considering how much blood was spilled by almost every wrestler in the match. Hmm. Uh, the report adds that a tenured member of the creative team, it was a bad image for the industry, especially the obvious blading. Ringside News also notes, this is this is where I check out of this report, that some felt Chris Jericho is trying to become Shane McMahon. Let that marinate for a second. Some felt Chris Jericho is trying to become Shane McMahon by falling off very high things. That might be the stupidest line I've ever seen in a report ever. Some felt. Wow. I sincerely doubt any wrestler worth their salt knowing Chris Jericho's body of work thinks he's trying to become... And I love Shane McMahon, but the, essentially a stuntman. I don't think that is what Chris Jericho is going for, funnily enough. That part of the report is getting this. There you go. Red. Oh, yeah. Red. It, I'm not having It's that. ridiculous. It's like comparing Chris Jericho to Shane McMahon is like comparing a Ferrari to a milk float. They're both vehicles, absolutely. But there's a massive difference in class and tenure. Right, right you there. And you, um, you, you, you can't, you can't do that. Like, I, I don't know who read that article and thought, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna publish that. But who, whoever did, needs to give their head a bit of a wobble and and re reassess a few things in in the way they consume wrestling. Wrestle Talk have, have have run the report on their website, which I even think is staggering. But there you go. I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds. Um, but I, I certainly wouldn't run it. It would. I mean, I, the obvious blading part, eh, maybe. You know, there, there were, there were some moments where you could see some stuff that, or hear some stuff in the match that you probably shouldn't have. Um, barbaric though, because of the blood spill. I mean, <laughs> WWE have spilled a lot of blood down the years. I find that pretty hard to believe as well you know i mean did any of them bleed as much as roman did against lesnar at 34 i i I don't think so and and if you go back and look at the the what's left of the network thank you peacock um there is a lot of blood being spilled like kind of guerrero jbl from judgment day guerrero no john cena jbl i i quit guerrero jbl the ball rope match like there's a long history of using blood in wrestling for, for dramatic effects. And so I think WWE hardly have clean hands in in this conversation and in this debate. And AEW are filling the gap that they have left with their PG era, PG era product. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I think saying it gives a bad image to the industry insults the intelligence of the people who watch wrestling. Because we, we can separate like fiction from, from reality. No one watches Game of Thrones and think, oh, dragons are bastards, aren't they? Kind of it, it's all it's all kind of swings and roundabouts and 
those dragons and horses, are going to yeah, and, and horses, horses for courses. And I, I, there comes a point when you when you crap on your competition for the sake of crapping on your competition, and and I, I think that's that's what this is. I, 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 I liked it. I got no problem with it. No one's going to go and jump a cage because they saw blood and guts on Wednesday. I honestly think that ringside. I mean, I'm not their biggest fan anyway. They have got some stuff right, but I feel like on this occasion they're just trying to kind of. They think that will get a lot of traction. WWE react to this, blah, blah, blah. The, the contents of that report, I really find hard to believe. Uh, again, could be wrong. I just find it very hard to believe. I reckon one guy said one thing in a backstage meeting. It was like a passing comment. And if it's that, been taken way out of proportion. I'd be, I'd be surprised if it had a, a, you know, a semblance of truth. But if it does... I'll eat my words. If somebody comes out, I would happily eat my words. Until then, no. Um, what else have we got in the news? Have you seen what WrestleVotes have said about SummerSlam? Now, I don't think this is news that WWE are probably heading towards SummerSlam being a grand reopening of sorts. Um, we do know that the lease on the Thunderdome, Adam, is up in the first week of August. Typically speaking... SummerSlam happens around the 20th, if not later, of August. It would make sense if on the, the road to Summer, uh, SummerSlam, fans are back, then SummerSlam, big stadium, I could see it, given everything that's transpired. Um, WrestleVotes have come out today, in fact, four hours ago, and said WWE is looking to have SummerSlam be the official kickoff as a return to touring. With that said... If things work out a certain way, the pay-per-view might be even earlier than usual this year. I've heard three to four locations are on the table, with one having better odds than the other, with a winky face. I'm assuming he means Vegas. Uh, I don't know. But um, interesting that they're speculating and they're going between three or four different locations. I think this is as much speculation as it is common sense you know coupled with probably stuff that he's heard they're going to be exploring locations you you couldn't lock one in now because of how volatile the world is right so they'll be they'll be doing their due diligence and i do think though given i know i'm only really speaking from our british perspective adam but june things are meant to get better here um just what is it like six weeks away from that six seven weeks uh, in America, um, I, they seem to be, you know, 70,000 at the boxing tomorrow. If they wanted to do it, they could do it. Uh, mm. I would, I, I would, I would hazard a guess that it probably will be SummerSlam. Where it is, though, I don't think they could really lock that in until closer to the top. No, I think they're right to be playing it speculatively and, and have it in place, but also have like a very good backup contingency plan just in case the circumstances do change. And because of the way laws and things in America are regulated kind of state by state, that's probably why they've got four, four different options. But I, I had forgotten how much I liked live crowds until WrestleMania happened and how much actual crowd noise differs from the stuff that they're pumping in in, in the Thunderdome because you can, just, you can just feel the atmosphere and, and the excitement kind of coming, coming through. And I, I, I really hope they get live fans back. 
but I really also hope they're sensible about it and don't push too hard too soon and, and don't put people at unnecessary risk. I get the desire to get back to normality, but let's not run before we can walk is, is where I'm at. Let's still be safe about it and let's not be not be reckless. Sure. I mean, I don't think... Who knows when it's right or wrong to bring people back, I guess. It's a very difficult thing to judge and calibrate. Um, UFC 261 went down in Florida, in Jacksonville, by the way, um, at a memorial arena. I think that was about 16,000, 17,000. This is indoors. Um, mm-hmm. Seemed to go fine. I, I obviously don't know if anyone's come away from that with COVID, but um, it seems to have gone okay. 70,000 in at Texas tomorrow for the boxing uh, the the propensity is there to do it. UFC are going to have a full house for UFC 264 in July, which is, of course, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier 3. Um, so a lot of places are open to WWE by August if they want it to be, right? I don't know how we can measure whether it's right or wrong to do that just yet. I think the protocols, though, in place... Certainly people being jabbed. If you've had the vaccine, wearing masks, um, if you have a COVID test, you know, I have to get one on Sunday for some work that I'm going to do next week. These kind of provisions, I think, are good steps. And, and obviously, all of us want to get back to live events, right? We're all gagging yeah. for it. I want to. Desperate. I'd love to be at SummerSlam. I'm hoping to be at SummerSlam. Um, and, and I would just assume that it will be done in the correct manner with the right provisions to do so. And if it is, I'm happy to put myself out there. So I guess that's everyone's choice. But I don't want it to just be, you know, I guess this is selfishly talking, um, just like stone cold shut forever. I don't want that. You have to take the leap at some point, I guess. And it's up to everyone whether to do so. I think common sense ultimately is what's going to gonna prevail here. Mm. And, I, and I, I, I have faith that the right people are making the right decisions. And, and as you say, no, we all want to go back to live events. We all want to see people again. And, and yeah, as soon as once they're back at the O2, I'm there. I'm, I'm going to be like the first guy outside mm. with his, with his t-shirt on, doing all, all the chants and stuff, and, and just hanging out with people. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait for that as well. Um, but I mean, it's, it's it's one of them things, man, where I think if you're vaccinated, uh, you know, or if the majority of the population is vaccinated by a certain point, then, you know, it becomes a lot less riskier to do this stuff. So hopefully that's where we get that's where we get to. The, the, obviously, the end goal for COVID, I guess, silly as it sounds, is that it will be like the flu one day. Right. Where like. Yeah, it's something that a lot of people can get and it's, you know, whatever. But um, for the most part, you get vaccinated every year and we move on, I guess. That's that's all we get to. I mean, I think it was last week we went from it being a pandemic to just an infection in, in the UK, according to the the metrics. And, and, and not to get overly political, I've been deeply impressed with our vaccination system here in the UK. Deeply impressed. Yeah, I haven't had my first one yet, but I am eagerly me, awaiting me. it. Me, um, I'm waiting too, mate. We're, we're, we're too young and we're too sexy. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, five minute warning, everybody. We are going to be doing a Q&A between myself and Adam in the live chat. Anything you guys want to ask us wrestling related or not, Get it in there. I will pick the best ones. We'll try and get through as many as possible. Uh, whatever you want to know, let us know. So 30 minutes past is when you get the green light to go ahead and do that. Um, elsewhere in the news, I see Paul Heyman has been talking about Roman Reigns to Justin Barrasso, and he's actually been posting snippets of the interview on Twitter as well. Um, interesting nugget that I took from that was him talking about Roman Reigns ending up on the Mount Rushmore of WWE. He says, you know, when you think about a Stone Cold, you think about a rock. Roman Reigns is going to have a career that supersedes all of them. Now, that's debatable. That's very debatable. Um, and, and I don't mean, I'm, I'm a big Roman Reigns fan. So are you. Show us, Adam. Show us how yeah. big of a fan you yeah. are. Acknowledge me! <laughs> uh, so I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan. But in terms of like all time greats, it's not so much to do with who you are. It also depends on where you are and the era and stuff. So I think the rock, the rock and stone cold, like it's all about the time and the talent and, you know, just the state of play that, and they had Austin and rock have got like a ton of memorable moments, right? A ton Roman reigns, anyone else in today's roster? Mm, there's a few, um, but I don't think they're as intelligible uh, as some of those greats that we're talking about now. But when, when it was all said and done with Roman, what I will say for him, he had, what did he have, four WrestleMania main events in a row, right? Um, beat leukemia to come back to the ring. He also, you know, this Tribal Chief thing is like, a, this is a career-defining run he's on right now. When it's all said and done, this will be where people were like, this was the best work of his career. By a mile, and he has done. He's had amazing match after amazing match. Um, it's 
it's a very difficult thing to 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 match up the criteria and qualify right to go yeah this yeah. person is is the greatest because um i do think roman's got the potential like to have the the, the career and the bandwidth to to kind of put his hat in the ring certainly in the modern era right like if we were to do a post rock and stone cold world what is it oh, Brock then, then Cena. He's in there. He's around that mark. Brock Cena, Punk, Brian. Like, that's probably, in the WWE landscape, of course, I'm talking here. That's probably the, the kind of company that we're talking about. Yeah. I I think, because the thing with the, the Mount Rushmore is, A, you've only got four people. And people like The Rock and Stone Cold were the hottest acts when the industry was also at its hottest. Correct. The Monday Night Wars, 10 million people were watching wrestling, and and it, it was it was this thing. It, it transcended sports entertainment, if you will, and just became a wider cultural phenomenon. It was, and cool. that is incredibly incredibly hard to compete with. Yeah, exactly. And so I think for for his era, he is certainly up there. And I I'm, I'm a huge huge fan of the guy. His his new work is is stellar. That that finish at WrestleMania. No one saw it coming, and it properly legitimised him. And I, I remember watching the WrestleTalk guys doing like the live watch along, and Lou was just like, "Oh my god, he's pinned them both!" And just like this stunned, okay, I guess he is the tribal chief. Just just washed over everyone. Yeah. And I, his current work is amazing. And having Heyman by his side is just the icing, the icing on the cake. I I adore Paul Heyman. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, WrestleScope says Hogan's from the 80s, Undertaker, 90s, thousands, Rockstone Cold, Cena. That's your Mount Rushmore of WWE. Well, you've got five there for starters, WrestleScope. Um, but what I will say, uh, I, I, so when I first broke into journalism, uh, you know, and I was just going along and interviewing people, uh, I've said this before, I used to work for a site that was much more socially driven. So they wanted videos that were easy, you know, that were fun to watch and stuff. It wasn't so much me asking detailed things about their wrestling careers. Um, obviously, one of the questions we used to ask was, what's your Mount Rushmore? And I vividly remember um, Seth Rollins. This is definitely his Mount Rushmore that he told me. And about three or four people on the same day said exactly the same. Hogan, Flair, Rock, Austin. That was, that is, not was, the general consensus for greatest of all time. Now, when you think about how hot they were at their peaks, um, Flair Steamboat is probably one of the greatest rivalries ever. Rock Austin is one of the greatest rivalries ever. Hogan put WrestleMania on his back. Like, there's... Ah, there's, there's big cases for all the guys. Um, and for the others, you know, you look at like someone like a Cena. Yeah... But he was like disliked for a, a, a vast majority of his career. I know we kind of came to appreciate him towards the end, kind of thing. But um, he wasn't. I don't think Vincent Mann positioned him enough to be beloved like the others were on that list. The rest of them were beloved. We're talking about people who were the hottest of the hot, which is really rarefied air in professional wrestling. So I don't I know, Adam, where you sit with it. I find it hard to argue with the four that I mentioned. Even though I yeah. don't really want Hogan on mine, um, there's a long footnote at the end of Hogan's career now. A very long footnote that just makes it really hard to hold him in that high regard, along with the other three. But the other three 
uh, oh, what are the difference between a fan going, that's my guy, and then going, that's the product? Hmm. Yeah. That's very interesting. Uh, you guys, let us know what you think in terms of your Mount Rushmore. If you're talking wrestling in general, Flair is the cornerstone. I mean, that's a bold thing to say, but also has its merits. You know, he was the, the last or the greatest traveling champion of all time. Uh, and WWE alone, Flair is six. I don't know if Flair would even be six if it was just WWE. I'd probably have Undertaker ahead of him if it was just WWE. Um which I know like, a lot of people be like, whoa, but like, you know, how many of his world t- 16 world titles came in WWE? Um, Undertaker had a 30-year career. HBK. Uh, there's a lot, right, that have achieved a lot in WWE. But, but of course, uh, you know, I did say it was just WWE. So, uh. but then you have to also, the influence that Flair's had on generations after him and all of this stuff, like, oh, man, this is like a can of worms, Adam. Uh, uh, what Pandora's box have you opened, <laughs> McCarthy? Uh, that is me, in typical style. Uh, right, guys, it is half past. I am going to open questions to the floor in the live chat. There is 113 of you currently. So who, all of you watching, you are welcome to have your say. What do you want to know? What do you want to ask Adam? What do you want to ask me? Anything you like. We can get it cracking. I don't care if you want to know Adam's shoe size. If you want to know what I, well, you know, where I had my 14th birthday party. I don't mind. Ask away, uh, and we will talk about it. Um, true, who he on that? Since you went there, Alex, where did you have your 14th birthday party? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't know. Um, what did I do? I think I did something football related, to be honest. Um, I think I had like... I can believe that. That would have been my guess. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, True Heat, Undertaker has had a great career, but was never the top star, so I can't put him on a Mount Rushmore. I don't know if... I don't know if you... mm, His influence on the business is probably the greatest character ever. There are arguments for The Undertaker beyond being the the top star, but I do understand where you're coming from. That That is a fair point, but... There's a lot of things that you could say The Undertaker did better than anyone else. And, and he had like a, a profound effect on not just not just the industry, but WWE as a company. That man led that locker room. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. Um, what else have we got? Adam says Gatecrasher Forever. How was the delightful Scarlett Johansson? I I have a lot of time for that woman. I, I worked with her, I was like 26. I'd auditioned for that movie as a joke and it had gone either really well or, or really badly. And she was nothing but kind and patient with me. She was a very safe set of hands to work with. She's absolutely hilarious when you're not on, on clock and on camera and, and in the headspace. I got to go to a 27th birthday party. She had at a, a club in Scotland. And great, great fun, consummate professional. And I, I have nothing but good things to say about her. Love it a bit. That's excellent. Bonzo for Life says, what's your wrestling pet peeve, Adam? My wrestling pet peeve is catchphrases from commentators. <laughs> what, it's bus time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, just we, we get it. We get it. You're, ex- you're excited. The only person who did it where I didn't want to... Kill a man was Mauro Ronaldo because he sounded like he meant it. Whenever he'd go, Mamma Mia, I'd be like, You actually sound excited. Mm. Whereas when Michael Cole goes, Oh my, it just <laughs> sounds like it, it just sounds so insincere. I, I hate the whole like, um, What's this? 
like well you know what it is you can <laughs> you can yeah. see what you, it is you can see um, it it's on the monitor yeah i'm exactly. sighted michael i know uh, what it is how did you not when you said the oh my it just reminds me of the brock lesnar return right like the crowd's going mental and all i can hear is michael cole go oh my and i was thinking oh my is the best you've got for brock lesnar okay then um and sometimes let a situation breathe anyway i don't know why i'm telling michael Carr to do his job um moving on forgotten wonders urbex says question for both of you what's the best retro smackdown theme and why is it rise up <laughs> um I think it's one of the first two. So I like the first one where it's like, down, 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 like the very first one they had. But I also like the beautiful people theme that they had after the, the, the first brand split in 2002. Uh, Pearson, what about you? Uh, I uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's the one with the rapping at the start. It's like, yeah, 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 come ah, on. Like, um, yeah, uh, it's like 2003, 2004. It was my race, my time, my race, my yeah. race, my strong. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a where, banger. That's where Cena's in it, right? And it's like, uh, oh, yeah, I've got the lyrics in my yeah, head, yeah. but I can't fathom it. Yes. It's got like Angle and Lesnar uh, at the start. It's got yeah. Lesnar spitting, which when my mom saw it, she was just like, oh, that is gross, Adam Henry Pearson. <laughs> I think that's and, direct, and I, directly after Beautiful People, if I'm not mistaken. But it, anyway. It is. But I also like the um, Born to Run, Seven Lions. Mm -hmm. that, that one just stuck out in my head. I think Drowning Pool did one at one point as well. I think, I think the, the, the worst, I know this wasn't the question, but the worst, because it was just so inappropriate for wrestling, was when they used Green Day. <laughs> I mean, WWE have had some stinkers. I, I, I remember the. I used to hate the Raw theme that was. Oh, wow, we're gonna get it. I used to hate that so oh, much. That's, that's, that's Papa Roach. Like, oh. I hated it. I it's hated not, granted, it. Not, not the best. The best Raw theme is the Union Underground one. The best Raw theme for me um, is the 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 Warzone one. You know where it's like. And it's like the, the fire comes up and it's like, and I can't even do the words because I don't even know what he's saying. I, I know the one you mean. But yeah, it's, yeah. Just going, it's prime attitude era. That is my favourite one. Um, that, that's, that's my second. But the Union Underground one that came in at the start of the first draft to kind of do it to the music, play that funky music. Do oh, it yeah, to I'm, the music. That's yeah. a good one. That's a yeah, good yeah. one. Yeah, that, that was around the draft as well. Good stuff. Uh, Bibbidi boobidi whatever says Alex and Adam. Uh, have either of you ever watched Choco Pro on YouTube? I can't say I have. I don't even know what that is. Adam, I I, I haven't either, but I'm gonna gonna check it out. I'm hoping it has something to do with Chocobos from Final Fantasy. Though in my heart of hearts, I know that it probably doesn't. But I'm still gonna go check it out. Good stuff. Uh, Elizabeth Stallion, Lizzie Stallion herself in the house. Uh, Adam and Alex, what is the first pay-per-view you remember watching either live or on TV? Uh, I actually think it's the... Oh, God. Um, so I remember the Montreal Screwjob, but I don't think I... I don't know if I sat there and watched the whole thing, which is... I think it might have been the 98 Rumble, I think. I okay, think. good. Good starting point. Uh, I was the dead of game, Survivor Series 98. Hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, as we talked about earlier. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, what else have we got going on here? Um, oh, lots of comments going on about music since we just spent so much time <laughs> talk, talking about it. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Ooh. I, says Annika Wilson, what is your top mark-out moment during wrestling? Pearson? 
I, it was, ah, uh, the one that made me go, wow, and I kept rewinding it, rewinding it, rewinding it. Uh, SummerSlam, Shane McMahon, Steve Blackman for the hardcore title, when Shane took that insane bump off the scaffold. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time I'd seen, like, a proper Shane McMahon bump. And I was like, oh, my word, have I just watched a man's child die. And then wow. I was like, okay, no, if he died, they'd have stopped. They'd have gone to black or something, and they haven't, so everything must be okay. And so that was like the first sticking in a good chain bump. Yeah, man, that was bad. Um, me? Oh, dear me. Um, people are going to get mad. Uh, so I was – this sounds like gloating. Please, please take this sincerely. I was at – the Hardy Boys return at WrestleMania 33. That was a real mark oh, out where, like, everyone we show off. <laughs> Everybody, so, like, oh, no, so annoyed at you right now, Alex. In a in the Orlando area, right? Like, it'd been like the hot rumor. Oh, the Hardy Boys are going to come back, blah, blah, blah. but then they had the match with the Young Bucks the night before Ring of Honor, and all of us are like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe they're not. And then I remember going in the Uber to get to the stadium, and there was a leaflet in the Uber that was like. Hardy Boys signing today, it's like WrestleMania, like 2.30, 3pm. And I thought, oh, there's no way then. Like, they're not going to do that and be at WrestleMania, you know, whatever. Because the show started at like, I don't know, half six, six, something like that. Um, and then when they came out, I the, the universal reaction was ridiculous. Like, you, you had to be there to understand what I'm talking about, which Annika does understand what I'm talking about. It was like an electricity that you can't describe. Like it's like if you've ever been to a sporting event where like there's a late winner or you know a, an amazing kind of comeback or like it was like that, but like times ten. Like that's why I love wrestling so much. Honestly, it's one of my the main reasons I love wrestling because you can't those magical moments you can't physically replicate, right? And most of them that you remember as a kid are from home. But for this one, like I'm in the stadium, like people are crying and shit. Like people you don't, people <laughs> honestly, like people you don't know are like turning around and hugging each other, and it's like it was just pandemonium. Um, I, I love those kind of moments. I, I mean, this amazing. is years ago and a bit off topic. I was I was in a pub for the Rugby World Cup final the year we won it, and I've never been hugged by that many crying grown-ass men who I do not know in my life than than that day. So I completely, completely get the emotions that you're you're talking about. And yeah. and it, it's it's beautiful and unnerving all at once. I was there for edges at the rumble as well. I would put that right next to it. I, I don't know. I, I think maybe they're different. Again, like Mike Johnson has like heavily reported that edge was coming back. So there was like a feeling around that edge might be there, but I've got to be honest. I was enjoying the rumble so much because I loved the first half of Lesnar and all of the story they told and stuff. I was enjoying it so much. Uh, McIntyre gets rid of Brock. And I think it's like three or four, what does Edge come in at 21, I think? 21, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like five or six later that Drew, uh, sorry, from Drew getting out Brock, that Edge had come out. 
I wasn't even thinking about it. And then his music hit, and again, the whole arena was like, oh, my God, Edge is back. Like, he really is back because he had denied it and stuff. And, um, yeah, like, those two moments I'll, I'll take with me forever. They were They're great. They were so, yeah, magical. That's the right word. They really were. Um, I can't. I can't put it over enough. I really can't. Um, Alex and Adam, is there a wrestling moment that ever made you truly emotional, not including death announcements? Mm, that, that's kind of hard. Mine was Steamboat beating Flair for the World Heavyweight Championship in 1989. I mean, that's a very good example. Uh, Adam, is there any that spring to mind that made you emotional? As, as we've just spoken about his return, Edge's retirement speech really got me. Ah, yeah, yeah. Like, because A, no, no one saw it come in, and he just comes out with the belt and just lays it all on the line. And then, because he, he did that on Raw, and then he came out and did a thing on SmackDown, where he goes, all, all I want to do is have that pop one more time. So I'm going to go backstage, I'm going to play my music, and please just give me one last good send-off. And the crowd go nuts. Mm. And, and I'm like, oh, because I was a huge edgehead uh, at the time. And so for me, that was that was one. And also Brian's speech, where they let him go out and just gave him all that time to to do his thing. Like retirement speeches always get me. Yeah, I um, so I was there for Paige's retirement in New Orleans. That sucked as well because you could tell she really didn't want to do it. Um, but a lot of people in the crowd, like you know, giving her her props, which felt really great because Paige is. We all know she's had such a difficult journey. Um, the Daniel Bryan one, like, legitimately teared me up. And I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not, I'm not confusing retirement speeches here, there's a part in it where Bryan talks about, I believe it's his dad that's passed away. Yeah, uh, well, his, his, uh, I believe his dad passed away soon after he won the world title. Right, so he was like, you know, saying, I, I remember there was some line in there about how his dad didn't get to see it. And like, yeah, daddy issues, I guess it cut me up. I was like, oh man, that's, that's rough. So obviously like, I know you said take deaf announcements out of it and stuff like, um, Eddie, Owen Hart, the worst one. Um, yeah, all of those suck, obviously. But, um, I think, yeah, actually watching where I actually got, you know, because it's real, and and that uh, the Daniel Bryan one, that's definitely that definitely got me. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Retirements suck. I would say as well the last thing, and it's just reminded me. Nad saying this in the chat, watching that show um, when they did the whole. Um, there was a couple of moments actually that really kind of got me. Um, Eric Rowan doing his thing. And I'm like looking up sky and like just seeing that that big man cry the way he was crying was oh yeah that was rough and also um, oh the uh, when the yes I was about to say when they made him the TNT title for life I I went yes that that, went that made me go Um, that was I thought it was beautiful the way they did it but at the same time I was just like oh man. Um, So again, by the way, that whole episode was supremely well done. I thought the Brody Lee tribute, um, yeah. but it was it was rough. I like mm. I and remember Eddie Kingston that backstage Eddie Kingston speech that yeah. got me as well. That that whole show was a soul wound, and I'm just there watching it in te- in like respectfully in tears, going, "Can we just have Orange Cassidy come out so we can all have a break and just yeah. <laughs> believe in the world again?" Mm. 
you know, like it's, it's mad as well. Like there are so many moments like that. Um, but I, I remember waking up to the, to the Brody Lee news. I honestly, I just couldn't believe it. I was, I was so stunned by it. Like it's one of those things that I didn't, even, you don't cry when you first, you know, I didn't know, no, I didn't know, know the man. I knew I had interviewed him and we DM'd a couple of times. I DM'd him when he won the TNT title. Cause like when we didn't interview, yeah. he, he said that his son had been sleeping with the AEW title and like, it was kind of a cool back and forth there just because we're both dads. Um, but I had no idea that he was sick, right? None, none at all. So when that Not news no dropped, it was just, it was just stunning really. Like I, I was, it's yeah. still, it's still insane to think about now, but yeah, I, I had to Google it, Google it and verify it just to make sure it wasn't like some kind of sick joke or, or sick hoax. And you've got to kind of let it sink in that you'd seen a man in the ring not but three, four weeks ago and everything seemed completely fine, completely normal for want of, of a better vernacular. And and as you say, I, I, I don't have kids, so I don't have that kind of drop-off that, that some that, that you would do. Mm. But yeah, it, it's all it's always hard when you when I suppose when you realise that your heroes are mortal. Mm, yeah, it's weird. It's it's a tough one. Um, this is a good point, guys. When we're entering the home stretch of Wrestling Daily, remember to hit the thumbs up uh, for this video. Give us that subscribe. Remember, when we get to fifteen k, it is War Games, and we will be taking on the Wrestle Talk Collective. Um, in all their glory. Ollie Davis, you've been warned. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, as we enter it, we're welcoming more questions on the home straight that you might have for Adam or myself. Anything to be related, I don't mind. Whatever it may be. Until then, Adam, I'm going to ask you this. Um, so, have you had any cool interactions with wrestlers? Have I? I have. After I won Celebrity Mastermind, I had okay. like those NXT UK guys get get in touch. So I have a lot of good chats with um Eddie Eddie Dennis and, and guys like that. Me and Baron Corbin are massive foodie, so we're forever tweeting uh, yeah. about food. And he'll he'll like have show a picture of steak, and I'll tweet. I hope you're reverse searing that bad boy. And he'll just reply going, "God damn right." <laughs> I asked Adam Pierce if I asked Adam Pierce if we could be similar name buddies, and he said yes. So that's a legal contract in in, in my mind. And I've also met. They were doing a a match in um in Lincoln for Fight Factory. My friend Dutch runs Fight Factory, mm-hmm. so I've met. And this was before we know what we know now. Uh, Graham and Jimmy Havoc. Okay. And yeah. I, 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 I found them both thoroughly charming and and amicable when I mm. when I met them. I, and I, I and I'm I'm good friends with Mister Mister Y. Here's Y. Simon <laughs> Miller. Yeah, Simon's a good egg. He really is. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I met I met Jimmy. I, I interviewed him when he signed for AEW. I knew him before that, obviously. Um, but I met him in Vegas at Starcast again. I haven't heard from him since all that stuff came out. Like, it kind of fell off the radar. So, um, yeah, like you said, we know what we know now. Um, what else have we got going on here? Alex and Adam, what is your favourite sport and who do you support? Um, I'll kick, <coughs> kick this off easy. I support Newcastle. You may or may not have seen this before. I have a Newcastle tattoo 
up here. Uh, my family are from there. I know my accent doesn't give it away, but my family is half Irish and half from Newcastle. Direct divide. The only people born in the south of England are me and my sister. So um, it's it's a nice split. Um, Newcastle suck. That doesn't, you know. But football, of course, is my was my first love, is my first love, I guess. Um, I did play semi-professionally. Uh, I played as high as... Basically, it was like two divisions below the conference, which is what full-time football is. So um, I earned good money in my early 20s. It was it was a good time. But um, I've got really bad ankles now and I'm fat now. And my career took over. So there you go. Um, but I would say football, but I do love like basketball, UFC, boxing. I'm a, I'm a multi-guy. Anyway, Adam, yourself. So I, I, I'm a cultural football fan. I follow it because all my mates do. And so I need to talk to them about something when, when I see them. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm about 10 minutes away from, from Shellhouse Park. So that, that's a good, good thing to have. But I, I am very much an NBA guy. I, I am, I have a friend who owns a team. So whenever I'm out in the States and I want to get, want to get tickets, it's just, uh, um, I mean, I, I'm Dan Gilbert. I'm friends with Dan Gilbert, so I can get like Cavaliers tickets on on the as and when. Um, I I partied with the um, Cleveland Cavaliers. I went to an awards ceremony out there because Dan Gilbert runs a charity that does research into the condition I have because his son has the same condition. And while we were out there, I took my mom to a gun range. I thought, what would be funny? I know, I'll take a seventy-one-year-old woman to a gun range. And the entire team found out that I'd done that. And so my mom spent two hours talking to the Cleveland Cavaliers about guns. Wow, that sounds like a conversation. Um, Jesus, Dan Gilbert, that's a powerful friend to have. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know, right? Uh, yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, he owns the Cavaliers. And, yeah, he was very much... And, and, um, and most of Detroit. Yes, I was going to say, I mean, I, I only really got to know him when the Cavs won the NBA title. Um, uh, but I follow the Lakers, right? I've always been a Lakers fan since Kobe Bryant. Um, desperate to see him in the Staples Center. And uh, so now it, life's a bit better because we've got LeBron and unfortunately for Dan Gilbert. Um, but yeah, we won the title last year, but I haven't actually got out there to see them yet. I've, I'd see the NBA when it comes over to the O2, but again, I haven't had that for a while. Uh I, I, I honestly thought someone was joking when Peter put this in the thing. I just looked up on my phone. Joe Willock, the goal machine. He can't stop. The man can't stop. Go on, the mags. Um, that's so weird because we've got like nothing to play for now because we're pretty much safe. And Leicester have got everything to play for. Oh, well. Um, yes, as, as I said earlier, Annika, we do mean soccer. Indeed, it's football in the UK, of course. Uh, what else have we got going on here? John McNeil says, Alex, what's your update on Velveteen Dream? I, I could not tell you. Uh, every time, I mean, he's still under contract with WWE, if that's what you're asking. But uh, every time we press Triple H about this or media calls, boy, he's evasive. Um, he just kind of goes like, oh, you know, I've, I've answered this before. Um, nothing's changed. Well, we looked into it. Did you? Uh, you know, like I said, we keep asking and we keep getting the same answers. So, But the fact that he's been off TV now for months, I think they know he had go away heat. So obviously I say go away heat, like it's a lot more serious than that. But you know what I'm saying? WWE have, have kind of seemingly acknowledged the problem um, or that there is a problem. We'll have to see how it plays out. Because I mean, as much as all of us keep asking or digging, 
He's under contract. He's still working out of the, the PC. Triple H said that only last month, I think. But um, otherwise, no clue. I couldn't tell you what's going on with that. They keep it very close to their chest. The, Bubba says the Irish half is a bit higher, better half, not biased at all. Uh, I love Ireland. Love it. Not just because my family's from there. I mean, I actually love going there. Fantastic country. Beautiful country. Um, what else? Isn't cricket big in England? Says Bonzo for life. Yeah. I wasn't very good at it, so I never like, took to it. I also find it quite boring to watch. Like, I, I understand. I, I understand it's fun. I understand it's fun for some people to go to it. I've never done that. Um, you know, you get pissed up and whatever. I've never done it. But um, on TV, no. I like golf. I didn't mention that earlier. But again, I'm not very good at it. So there you go. Do you know, I uh, I know what I'm going to start start doing, and this might be a bit of a sick decision, like all, all things considered. One of my good friends is a um, Paralympian, Team GB Taekwondo. And he just casually said, oh, you should come down and do some training at some point. And like an idiot, I went, okay. And then he calls me today and goes, yeah, you start Tuesday. And now I'm like, oh, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I'm uh, in the same shape as a bin liner full of bio yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good shape. It's a very good shape. Robert Staley says, what is the one show from before you were born? Jesus Christ, that you wish you could go back in time and watch in person. Oh, man. Probably uh, something with Flair and Steamboat in the in the 80s. I I was born in 88, so I would really like to have been at Bashing the Beach when the NWO was formed, but I was alive then. But it's, yeah. before, it's, it's before I was a fan, so it's very hard to say before I was a fan. Hmm, I mean, before I was I'm... born. Because I'm like 1985, so I'm I'm older than WrestleMania. Jesus Christ, I'm older than <laughs> WrestleMania. Ah, <laughs> oh, whoever asked that question, not a fan of you right now. Um, you know, like probably like Mania One, just to be there at like the apex of the because that yeah. was the start of the transformation of the industry in like a really, really weird way. And I'd have been less than one, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna count that. I'm gonna that I'm gonna redefine the question. That counts. Kishan says, favourite Natty match? I think Charlotte in NXT. Um, I mean, it was a great match. Um, and not because, like, Brett or Rick or anyone was involved, but it really made Charlotte, like, a lot. Um, really showed what the women could do. So I think that's probably the most significant one. Um, I do love Natty, though. I think she's a great... Te- you know, she... Uh, I know her gimmick now actually is to incorporate that she is the boat. She, I think out of any gender, she's had, like, the seventh most matches on TV in WWE history, something like that, maybe even more, maybe fifth, like, which is incredible. Um, love Natty. She's super nice as well. So nice. What about you, Ads? I, I was a huge fan of that match as well. I'm so glad to hear that she's nice. I always hate it when you meet your idols and they're a little bit prickly and, and a little bit standoffish. I've met some people whose work I've liked, not, not in wrestling, just outside <laughs> of wrestling. And then I've met them and I've been like, well, guess I don't like you anymore. <laughs> so, yeah that's how it goes um john mcneil says would you rather take a shoot punch from lesnar or chop from walter uh chop i think yep chop has to be the chop i shoot i mean if you uh, yeah i mean a shoot punch i don't want that in the face from lesnar my open nose although he might straighten my nose up i don't know i could do with it i think uh, but even, even the chop is would be rough because i've heard a story on on the rest of the podcast that they were Luke wanted to take a shot from Walter, 
as a punishment at Wrestling MediaCon in Manchester, and health and safety were just like, no, your heart will stop. Like, yeah. it will kill you. It will, it will literally kill you. Internal damage. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's funny what you said, by the way, about meeting some wrestlers. Like, I've met some heels in person that are just like the loveliest, nicest people in the world. It's just weird how people are. Um, normally, though, when I meet them, they're on their best behavior because it's in their interest, right? So, yeah, well, I, I remember Steph saying, Look, Baron Corbin is thoroughly charming in real he life. He is, he is, he really is. I like, I mean, I like him anyway, but he gets a lot of crap, obviously. Um, <laughs> mate, Alex, who's your favorite pig from Peppa Pig? Daddy Pig, all day, it's got to be Daddy Pig. It's not Peppa. Anyone, anyone who picks Peppa is mental. No, Adam, get it's out, called, it, mate. It's, it's called Peppa Pig for a reason. She's a bad heel, a real bad heel. Um, <laughs> Louis says, Walter was one of the nicest wrestlers I've, I've met. Yeah, me too, actually. I had him the day of NXT UK Cardiff takeover. I also spoke to him, um, you know, when they started doing stuff at the BT studios, we they like let us in to take a tour and I interviewed him there as well. Super nice bloke. Support Schalke, Adam. Did you know this? No. He's a Schalke wow, fan. Good. Yeah, he, he good likes for his, him. He likes his football. He really does. Yeah, um, yeah good for him. Got it off to try, and so does Walter, apparently. <laughs> uh, Dion Chua says, should Ali get the briefcase? I would not be against it at all if that happened. Um, I think... I've said this before. I wanted it to be Samoa Joe before it got released. I had to change course there. Um, I want it to be Sonia Deville for the women... And I'm slowly believing that it could happen with this Charlotte Flair alliance. Um, for the men, you know, do I believe WWE would pull the trigger on Ali if he had it? That's um, that's that's my issue with that. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to think who could really do with getting to that next level. Like, is it a debutant? Yeah, I mean, I I put it on Ricochet. Yeah, but I would, but the same rule applies to Ali. Would they go all yeah, in? Yeah, and, and I'm still stunned how you mess up Ricochet. The man can do a backflip from sitting down. How did you mess that up so badly? I thought NXT used him perfectly, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, he, he was great. He had that initial feud with the guy that Triple H won't talk about. And then that, that Adam Cole match. Oh. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Matty in the Ultra Chats has come through and said, Hey, Alex and Adam, how are you? I'm looking forward to SmackDown tonight. It should be good. Adam, you've loved my impressions. Well, the impressions you've made us do. Um, so I think you should do your best, best in the world impression. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Are you ready, Adam? Can you warm up your throat? Can you give us your best, Greg Hamilton? Oh, okay. Oh, Greg Hamilton, I, I only do three impressions, and one of them is one of your as a host, so I'm not going to do that because they might kill me. <laughs> me? As a host? No, 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 it, it, it isn't you. It's not you, uh, it's not SB3, and it's not Louis. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, um, the only other two I can do are Stitch from Lead on Stitch and the claw from Inspector Gadget. Listen, you've been put in a hole here with Greg Hamilton. I need you to give it your best college try. He's paid his money. You were in the hot seat. <laughs> Give I don't even know. I I don't know what that means though. I haven't. Uh, you, don't, you don't know the best in the world, entrance. Oh, oh, yes, that's absolutely. In the world. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Now, 
now 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 I'm tracking. Sorry, it's it's been a long Friday. I had a four-hour Zoom meeting that could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> the best in the world, Shane McMahon. <laughs> there you have it. If that's not value for money, I don't know what is. Um, oh, wow. Someone said Big E should win money in the bank. You're right, Peter. He should. Push that man to the goddamn moon. That's a good, that's uh, a good shout. That I like you, Peter. Shout. I feel good like Ro- I feel like Roman might quit. Uh, no, quit. He might hold the title till Mania. So maybe Big E that takes him over to Raw. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to finish on this question from Hector Rodriguez. Uh, he says, "What wrestling moment almost made you rage quit from wrestling altogether? Anything Goldberg this century? Pretty much. No, not this century. This decade. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I was furious with the Fiend. Like." Like, I'm a grown man that understands wrestling or thinks he does. And I like I never get too annoyed either way because, you know, it's wrestling, right? It's a show, yeah. whatever. To me, in the original run, The Fiend was like one of the most brilliant and interesting characters WWE had had in years. And Goldberg can hardly do fucking anything these days. He can't even do his limited move set. I-, I can't believe I'm on another Goldberg rant. And they put him over the fiend. It's just, uh, it's just, and then people go, "Oh yeah, but you need, uh, you need Goldberg to go to WrestleMania so Roman can beat. Why can't Roman beat the fiend? Like, why do you need Goldberg in the mix? You don't." Is the answer that made me angry. Um, also, I... in, in person, I must say, quick at WrestleMania 34, and I watched the finish. Uh, loads of people were so mad that Brock had retained, right? Everyone thought he was going off to UFC. Nobody wanted to see the main event anyway of Brock and Roman. It was booed out the building and then Brock retained. Everyone was fuming. Right. I would say mine's Brock related. And and I I I try and keep the volume down when I'm watching wrestling because I don't want to wake up other people. But when Brock Lesnar won a money in the bank fighter match that he wasn't even in. I said loudly and with the most venom I've ever said anything. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> like, oh, oh my word! I am so annoyed right now. And then the fact Ali was just standing there like a jackass, holding the hook. I'm like, "Take it down! He's still running to the ring!" Like, Jesus Christ! What is it about music that just turns wrestlers into idiots? Yeah. Any music that isn't their own that they hear, they're like, "Well, I don't know what to do here." So yeah, I, I nearly I nearly rage quit there. But then I also think maybe that was slightly the point and I'm being worked. And I there's always this thing of what's bad booking and what's just me being the perfect patsy for for the creative. But yeah, that really that really annoyed me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like I said, most of the time I don't take it too serious, like because I because I just know like you know, well, that's the, the the idea. They want me to be wrong, right? That's that's the the design of this booking. Yeah. But but when they make like they punish people, like I felt like the fiend was punished out of a spot in favor of. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to leave it where it is. Thank you so much for everyone tuning in tonight. I've had a great time with you, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on wrestling. It's Day. been a pleasure, good sir. Thank you for having me on. It's been it's been a real joy and a pleasure to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Mister Alex McCarthy. 
Thank you very much, my man. Uh, as you can see, Adam Social's top right-hand corner. He is always down to talk some wrestling. He's an all-round great human being. So please, guys, do follow him. Get involved. He's one of the true top-tier good eggs. Make sure you talk and speak to and follow that man. Hopefully, you're following Wrestling Daily and subscribed. And that will bring us nicely to next Tuesday, where it's the phone-in again already. You guys line up for myself and Louis on Tuesday. Get on screen. Have your say. Uh, and then obviously the week after that, we've got a whole week of shows because it's WrestleMania backlash. So until then, guys, enjoy SmackDown tonight. Have a great weekend. Much love. Take care. Bye bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.